I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And who is stepping forward to take the penalty? This is the moment that he'll treasure for the rest of his days, I'm sure. But who's stepping up to assume the task... David O'Leary of Arsenal in his 52nd international appearance David O'Leary is entrusted with the responsibility of taking the penalty that could send Ireland into the quarter-finals of the World Cup this kick can decide it all the nation holds its breath yes we're there! to the quarterfinals of the World Cup. Hello and welcome back to another episode of In Lockdown, brought to you by Lavazza. This week is a bonus episode as we speak to David O'Leary all about his famous penalty for Ireland at the 1990 World Cup. We spoke to our all-time record appearance maker about his Gunners career last week and that show's still available of course if you'd like to go back and listen now. But for this episode we began by taking David back to 1976 and making his international debut at Wembley. Talking a bit about Ireland because obviously that's... Um... A huge part of your career as well. And, and we talk about starting as, as a teenager. You did that for Republic of Ireland as well, didn't you? Your, your debut in 76. I got so lucky that, um, I got so lucky that, you know, we dream and grow up and see the FA Cup final at Wembley. And I was lucky to take part in so many times with the club. Um, but to tell us, you know, the other ambition you'd always have is to play for your country international wise. And to be, to have you make your debut at Wembley. I'd never been to Wembley, never played at Wembley. And to make your debut there was, it, it, it was just, uh, I was ticking the box of a few great things that night, if you know what I mean. And it was, it was, it was fabulous. Um, and funny, it was strange that my first year, you know, at the club, I, I'd grown up there was Charlie George and he left and I was making my debut against him. He was playing for England. So was, that, that was a, that was a strange one in a roundabout way. Um, but it was a great night. It was a night of, I, I was coming up that tunnel and got out onto Wembley, looked at it and it lived up to everything I dreamed as a kid and watched on TV, never thinking he'd ever get a chance to play there. And here's me. 
at such a young age, making your debut for Ireland and playing at Wembley. It, that what it was a great memorable night for me. I, I was in awe. We went training uh, the day before at the stadium, and I walked out and I thought, I'm actually going to be playing on this pitch. Something that I I looked at as a kid and dreamed about. I'm actually on it, and it, Wembley lived up to everything I dreamed about. So was it a big step up from what you were used to in Division One football, or did you feel playing for Arsenal had prepared you for your international debut? I'd have to say what you just said there. I think Arsenal playing in front of the big crowds, playing in front of the expectation, even though I was so young, it had prepared me greatly um, to cope with that night, without a doubt. Um, and then obviously you stayed in the team and, and built your way up. You you missed out on Euro 88, but you came back for the 1990 World Cup in, in Italy, which of course... Look, I fell out with Jack. It probably cost me... It, that was through Arsenal. Um in the in the roundabout way of pulling out of a, a match because we had a, a cup final about ten days later, Jack got the needle about it and kind of banned me for about three years. But probably in that three years, probably played some of the best football in my life at Arsenal. And um, in this in a roundabout way, I think George Graham, the club, were quite delighted I wasn't getting picked because uh, you know they never said it, but I look back and I know now thinking it suited them down to the ground. One of their top players not having to go away keeps him safe here. I, I thought that was my day because apart from pulling out of a squad and he didn't like it, um, Jack, uh, I don't think I was Jack's type of player anyway. Uh, in the, You know, Jack was about centre-halves, kick the ball high and as far up the field as possible. And I was these, one of these fancy Dan centre-halves. Um, and, you know, that Jack had a certain way of playing. And I think it suited Jack not having me in the team anyway. That and Mick McCarthy, Kevin Moran, they were his type of players. That's the way he wanted to play. But I got back in, and I got back in on the most couldn't believe it night. We played at Newcastle. We'd come back on the Saturday evening. I'm in my house in North London, and as as you say, I've been about three years out of the team. The following Wednesday, Ireland are playing Spain in Seville, and. That Saturday night after, I think we'd had a good win at Newcastle, I got a call about 10 o'clock at night to say, could you join up with the Irish squad the following evening? I couldn't believe it. Um, I just thought somebody was winding me up. It was the secretary of the FEI of Ireland, um, and who I knew. I don't think he could believe me ringing me on behalf of Jack Charlton to to say it. Um I rang a man called Tony Donnelly up the following morning. He was the kit manager at Arsenal for many years and said, you won't believe this, but I've been picked for Ireland uh, back again. He couldn't believe. I went in and got my boots and made my way up to Manchester that that evening. And um, and on the Wednesday, I played against Spain in, in Seville. And that was me back in again. Um, and it ended up then, as you say, taking that penalty, which... Honestly, I have to tell you, um, thank God I did score because I I'm reminded that much. I bought I'm 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 sent over that many drinks, coffees. I've won that many various things in Ireland um, for it. Um, I just look back now and think, thank God I did score because I, I it had been the JFK moment of remembered. He's the fella that um, oh, missed the penalty and messed Ireland up really. Um, yeah, well, Gareth Southgate's never been allowed to forget it, no, has he, for England? No, and as I say, I look back and think now, because I go around the world, there's Irish people everywhere, 
I was at so-and-so place, I was this and that. Um, and that's what's happened to me continuously uh, since that day. I mean, that, and as well, it came in the, the only game you played in in that, yeah. in that World Cup. So you were uh, on the bench for the group group stages and then you you went through ahead of Holland by drawing lots. So, I mean, how, how did that it was just, it was just the most weirdest qualifying thing ever. But we ended up in the next phase, um, and you know, I don't think we hardly had scored any goals or could, you know, it was just unbelievable how it ended up. But we ended up there. The game was a very good Romanian side. It was a very intense game in Genoa. In a very similar stadium to the old Emirates, um, to the old Hybria, sorry, of oh, okay. that way enclosed. So yeah. very people on top of each other. And it was a kind of the penalties you were taking in the North Bank end, North Bank end, and all the Irish supporters were down there. And Jack kind of said to us, leave it to you who wants to take the penalties, good luck. And he cleared off. And I went round and asked everybody who wanted to take what penalty. And I could have easily been taking the first one as, as the, the fifth one, but everybody chose from one to four. And the last one that was left was the fifth one. And that's what oh, didn't bother me. And that's the one how I ended up taking the fifth penalty. You're quick, quick to put your hand up to take one or were you persuaded into it? No, I always quite fancy taking a penalty. But I always played with great players at Arsenal who, um, you know, wanted to take penalties, took penalties. And it's very hard for the centre-half to put his hand up when... They think, well, centre-half's taking penalties. So I always kind of kept quiet in that. I always fancied taking a penalty in the, the Cup Winners' Cup final in Brussels. But again, there were so many forwards and midfield players who wanted the But I fancied that night, but didn't, I, I was too scared to put my hand up thinking all the, you know, these skillful players ahead of me that wanted to take them. And centre-half taking them, they'd look at you thinking, are you mad or something uh, that way? So, But um, I walked down that day, all those fans behind the goal were all still. Um, got the ball off the referee. I, I decided on the way down, I was going to keep it, hit it to the goalkeeper's left-hand side and placed it on the spot. Place was so still. Um, ran up. Goalkeeper dives the wrong way. Ball hits the net. Absolute explosion of green behind the goal. And place goes mad and kind of a JFK moment, really. Absolutely. But just before that, Bonner had obviously saved that all the penalties had been scored. Yeah. Packy Bonner then makes his save. I yeah. was watching the footage. The players start celebrating when he makes his save. You still got to take your penalty. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know about that. It was the confidence in me. I don't know on that one. Were you standing thinking, hang on, I've still got a score here? Well, do you know, do you know what? You said that. My mum tells me, um, my dad got down on his knees when he seen me walk up started praying in the in the front room of the house in Dublin. Um, my wife, who, who were in North London, Joyce stepped out into the back garden. Um, my son ran out then and told her I'd scored and she couldn't believe it. Went back in to see this being on the rail that way. I I walked down that day and people said to me, what was I thinking? Because it wasn't far from the halfway line down to the penalty box, but it seemed to take ages. I kept saying to myself, don't mess this up. Um, you know, as you said there, the goalkeeper had saved to give us the chance. The lads, the four lads beforehand had set it up. And I'm thinking to myself, you mightn't get this chance again because if, I, if you miss, 
and it comes back to you know um sudden death it could be their opportunity to go through by one of their fellas having it so this could be the opportunity don't mess this up for everybody else so i had that in my head don't mess it up and i said to myself then before i got to the ball it's going to the goalkeeper's left hand side um i'm not really going to look at him um as i say it was a, there was irish fans for about 3 4 hours behind that goal going nuts over the last 3 or 4 they were as still as anything and then as i say when the ball hits the net it was this green explosion again it was amazing there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare plushcare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wigovi and zepbound for those who qualify take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Have you ever practiced penalties? Because I think that was the first ever penalty shootout for Ireland. Do you know what we were practicing? Because we were about seven weeks together um, in from starting in Ireland, going to play games in Turkey, going to Malta. We were being seven weeks away and it was a, seven weeks of you'd finish training maybe at half past 12, 12 o'clock. Get on a coach, back to your room, back to your room for a shower lunch back up and rest and we we were trying to prolong getting on the team coach to go back to the hotel because we knew it all afternoon and evening and Niall Quinn used to get into goal into was goalkeeper gloves on he quite fancy and he was it was this thing of uh, 10 quid um if you score three penalties he was running a book all through the tournament and when we'd get back when we'd get back on the coach, he'd come round and say, "He, you're up so and so amount. You're down from the penalties you missed. If you missed the first one out of three, then that's your ten are gone. You know, out of the queue." And I was running up a great credit off Quinny, and probably those lads were taking those penalties had a good credit with Quinny. So that was the practice, and we were getting not in a not in the practice of um, this was going to be for some for this. We were taking a lot of the penalties on a fun thing um, yeah. for for many days and many weeks, um, and well before the tournament started and through the tournament. And whether that stood us in good stead, I don't think so. Because if I have to say 
to you um for all the things you can do in practice it doesn't replicate that day walking up what's in your head the atmosphere you feel in the ground the tension of the moment if you know what i mean it gives you nothing of that um to put yourself in that way i always think it's you shouldn't plan you should have a general who's going to take penalties but it's when it finishes at the end of extra time who's in the who is in the mode or in the the zone that is up for taking one who's confident and fancies doing it at that moment and what did jack charlton say to you afterwards in the dressing room do you know what he came over to me he kind of didn't look at me half and half he put his hand out and said to me as he started to move away i knew you wouldn't miss and he walked off. That's what he exactly said. He had faith in you. Um, that's what he said. That's, yeah. that's what he, that's what he said. Um, and he, but his kind of attitude was, Jack. I'll leave it to you, boys. You know what you're doing. You started out. That was, was Jack's, that unusual. Was that no was that unusual for a manager to do that? Or no, for, that was for him. That was kind of Jack's way. You know, it, Jack could have a team talk of saying, like, remember. We, we say you'd play Italy or something else, or you'd play Germany. And well, you know, Baresi and Maldini, that tippy tappy players, you know, that were meaning you'd pass around, the, you know, or fans back about, you know, how his team's going to play, very tippy tappy, you know. That was Jack's very played a very low key always. So, so just to, to finish off, David, I really appreciate your time today, but we've just spoken about, you know, a, a long and uh, illustrious career. And yet, when people think of you for Ireland, they'll think of you for one kick. I mean, it's it's, it's crazy, isn't it, that you can distill at one moment? Again, as you say, um, I look back now over the years of they remember. If I'd have missed that for all what you've done, because I can give you an examples of um, say my, my my dad, who sadly I, I miss and is gone now, the person who was looked after in the surgeon in Ireland for so many years. He couldn't believe when I turned up with my dad and my dad told him, we went, oh, I was in the Mayo Clinic in America at the time. I, I stopped operating to watch you, watch you score a penalty. You know, the, a, a, a lad, probably the most embarrassing thing was I was in Dublin um, about three or four years ago with friends and we were having a, a, a nice pint of Guinness in one of these lovely pubs there. And this lad jumped out in front of me and said, and stopped the whole bar, David O'Leary. And everybody stopped still and I thought, Jesus, what's happened here? And he went, I was conceived after your penalty. I want to buy you a drink uh, in that way. That's the, you know, most embarrassing one. But like I was in Hong Kong there a while back and we're sitting at a table with my wife and we're drinking a bottle of wine and the sommelier came across and said, there's a couple over there from Ireland. They're out here walking. They were senior penalty could they send you we joined them for a lovely evening in the end for a few drinks and um, that our the bbc like rte in ireland ran a thing there a few years back of sporting memories of of you know over the last 50 years say and they ran it in certain years i got into the um on the night then it was say podrick harrington won three majors it was great rugby players all the greats of ireland over the time and I, I kind of said to them, I don't think I could make it. And they said, you've got to come along. I said, what do you mean? I said, well, going by the viewing figures, like there was millions voting on this thing in, in Ireland. Mm. You've walked it. He said, me? <laughs> I said, yeah. He said, because 
it was one of these defining moments that um, people who are married, women who have no interest in football, were made watch this because of their they were going out or married their husbands at the time and they watched this and they remember it and they're all ringing in and voting for you. And yeah, I kind of yeah, and I I, I apologised to Patrick Harrington afterwards, who's a lovely fellow, and his wife. I said, look, Patrick. I know mine took seconds and you won three majors. I'm sorry for this year. And he started laughing, you know, about it. So that's how much um, it's in, you know, the Irish culture over there. And as you said, for all that I might have, you think I might have done something over my career. Um, that's the thing I've remembered about because, as I say, that's I'm tapped on the shoulder. Or I, I, somebody remind me where they were. So many things like that happened to me still now up to this day and just the last question david we've gone through your career you you played more times for arsenal than anyone else you won league titles you won fa cups you scored the most famous goal in your country's history is there anything that you didn't achieve that you really wanted to it seems like you set yourself out to to get to, to target i'd have probably loving to win a champions league final with arsenal without a doubt yeah the european i mean i guess we we missed out through some of that time with the European ban and yeah, then yeah, only had yeah. that, that one stab at it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I look at a night in Paris when Barcelona beat us and you think to yourself, you'd love to play in something like, you'd love to play in something like that in the cage in the big city um, and win the ultimate prize. Um, you know, that would have been fantastic to be able to do. But overall, you can't have too many complaints. Can um, if, if you say to me, you know, does it, I don't know whether I bore you a funny story of, I got on the train there a few years back at York Station to come down to the to come down to the Emirates, and I got on and sat down and I seen a few people looking, kind of pointing. Well, that sounds so like you know that way. And I I was reading the book, but we pulled into Finsbury Park on the way down, and then we start going slow, and we start we stop right underneath where my um. Picture is around the stadium, if you know what I mean. There. Oh yes, it, it faces the track, the train tracks. Facing the tracks, and they all start. I see them all start pointing and going, "That's him," you know, "That's him there." And I'm, I'm waiting for the train to pull out, and I'm thinking, "Come on, train, pull out." And the guard comes on, and he starts saying, "The platform we were going into is a train stuck there," and I'm stuck there for about ten minutes and feeling so embarrassed, and everybody's pointing and looking at this idiot that's sitting down that's stuck there that's him there and but if somebody had said to me a lad from dublin coming over and he'd have ended up um with some greats at the arsenal's new brand spanking stadium somebody thought that you merited going up there uh, history or and i kind of feel proud that i've come over and um, people think you've done something and that's proven it by being there which uh you know, I probably am probably very privileged and very grateful that um, that you've been able to play some sort of part in Arsenal's history, really. Well, it's, it's been richly deserved, David. Thanks so much for your time today. I really enjoyed, really enjoyed it. As I say, we could go on forever. There's so many highlights in your career, but um, I really appreciate your time. No trouble. It's a pleasure. Thanks for asking me. I know it's an early one, but happy Christmas and um, have a good one and enjoy yourself. And as I say, um, thanks for your time today as well. Our thanks again to David for those incredible memories. But this is our last show of the series. A huge thank you to all of our guests throughout the last few months. 
All of our interviews from this series and of course series one are still available on the archive. So if you want to go back and listen to our interviews with Dennis Bergkamp, Jack Wilshere, Bakary Sanya or Nicholas Bentler, for example, head to your usual podcast provider. Thanks again to our partners at Lavazza. Remember, if you're in the UK, you can purchase your favourite coffee at lavazza.co.uk. So that's it for this week and the series. Thanks for listening. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.